This episode of Locked On White Sox, a Mailbag Monday episode of Locked On White Sox, is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use our promo code Locked On, and you'll get twenty percent off your next order. And now let's start the show. White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow! You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. Well, it's a perfect game. Right out goes Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a World Championship. Amen. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. With me, as always, is Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill on Twitter, and me, Ecknerwall23. On Twitter for Herb Lawrence, and the show is at Locked On Socks. So, Chris, how are you doing tonight? Oh, doing great, Herbie. Other than that, and a little uh, Padres envy, I'm doing fine. Um, we'll get to the mailbag. We'll talk about this Blake Snell trade, and also we'll do your tales of socks in the city later on in the show. Your freak encounters with uh, random White Sox players. And uh, first, let me start, Herb. How was your Christmas? Uh, I was unusual because you know usually i go back to the suburbs say hello to my family my sisters my uncles nieces nephews all those things and my mom worked a double shift this year because you know she gets double time and a half and you know everybody was kind of leery because of COVID. so we stayed here we ate some i think chinese food i think that's what Jewish people do, uh, according to uh, a Christmas story. Yes. I know they're not Jewish, but they messed the thing up, and then the Chinese restaurant was open, so they went there. We got Chinese food. It worked. Delicious. And I think, uh, recall, at Dan Bernstein, they would watch movies and go to a Chinese restaurant for Christmas. Yeah. So it was great. I was like, man, Chinese food coming through clutch. Yeah, I don't we- know why they don't celebrate Christmas. <laughs> I know it's a Christian holiday, but... You know, I thought that everybody celebrated Christmas, even if they're heathens like myself. Well, I'm certainly not going to speculate about Jews or the Chinese here on this episode. It's only Monday. We've only got three episodes to get through the week here. Yeah, I don't know. We got Chinese food last night, actually, uh, just uh, randomly out of nowhere. It was, it was great. Um, went to one of my favorite spots here on the northwest side, Jess Cafe on Belmont, just uh, east of Narragansett. Great place. Um, but yeah, we, we had a we had a nice little Christmas. It was weird, you know, but it was nice in the fact that it was relatively stress free, other than getting every last gift wrapped, you know, up until the, the zero hour. But uh, other than that, it's it's been nice. Been enjoying my vacation here at home this week, and uh, it was good. My wife got me actually uh, an Xbox Series S. And oh, uh, shit. yeah, I did not know how to react to it because uh, I di- I'm not familiar with Xbox. Like I, you know, I played Xbox like 15 years ago, but I had mm-hmm. my heart set on a PS5 because of MLB The Show, obviously, which I see you getting it in uh, mm-hmm. every uh, every so often. What's your gamer tag, by the way, if, in case these listeners want to want to get catch some wreck here, courtesy of you, or do you not? I mean, do you that? definitely would. Uh, no, um, <laughs> it's just it's just my dumb thing where I play spell my name backwards, so yeah. it's my first name. Breath, and then Eckner Wall twenty three. Breath. Yeah. All right. So, so this is Herb spelled backwards. Lawrence spelled backwards. Two three. 
So I didn't have the best reaction to this gift because I just was not informed. Like she said, I know mm-hmm. it's not the new one, and I'm thinking, how old is this Xbox? Is this like an Xbox One? So like, no, it's new, right? Isn't that yeah, the newest yeah. Xbox. So I, I had to look it up. Yeah. So she undersold it, and then it, it made me confused. So mm-hmm. there's a Series S and the Series X. The X has more storage space, I think, which is fine. I don't need I've external hard drives all over the place here, so it's fine. <laughs> I, I I'm enjoying the shit out of it so far. I've been playing lots of Madden this week, and I. I read actually that the, uh, the MLB is, is crossing all platforms and they've had some COVID delays, but soon, hopefully, I'll be able to get this MLB the show on the Xbox. Like, that's what their plan is, and they're not limiting their 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 uh, their dollars. So uh, good for baseball. That's smart. Figuring Finally. it out. Yeah, I know. It was always dumb to do it in the first place. I mean, I guess if you have a partnership where they're giving you a bunch of more money right. and, and the exclusivity deal, cool, but also you're shutting out a whole bunch of people uh, that want it. Like, literally, I didn't get a thing because I was like, PlayStation cost too much. I had mine uh, flooded a couple of years ago when our apartment flooded. And so I never rebought one until this year. I was like, God, I'm bored. Yeah. I need to play some game itch. And uh, the, the new MLB, the show's out, so I need to get the PlayStation 4. So I got that. And, yeah, if it was on the Xbox, whatever, the X or X, baby, I might be getting that instead of the PlayStation 5. Yeah, just so I can th- have both systems. Yeah, just thinking out loud, it's like think about you're eliminating half of your audience, and, and those are the kids you want to target, right? Kids who are playing video games, kids who want to, you know, get familiar with every roster. Like when we were kids, we knew like all sports, all teams, we knew all their rosters because we played a lot of video games. So like, if you're alienating half of your potential fan base right there, that's not good look. So I hope everything that I'm reading is true, and they're going to get uh, MLB the show hopefully for a 2021 season uh, you know if not a little bit later cuz of covid delays but yeah man it's been it's been fun playing the old Xbox uh, for the first time in about 15 years or so so it's good good it was a good gift for the whole family kids been playing a lot of games on there wife's been playing Star Wars bullshit so yeah it's been it's been fun but uh uh I, I want to start tonight with this Blake Snell trade and we did a whole episode talking about what it would take to get Blake Snell, the star ace pitcher formerly of the Tampa Bay Rays, left-handed Cy Young Award winner. And he was traded today to the San Diego Padres, of course, uh, another upstart team uh, with some great young talent. They were also in the playoffs last year. They got knocked out by the Dodgers, so they're in a competitive division right there. So they're doing everything they can, you know, basically putting it all on the table for for all to see, all of baseball to see. And, and I admire that. And I think a lot of White Sox fans saw that trade today uh, on Twitter and you know they they were kind of taken aback and they had we had a little bit of White Sox FOMO right we, we were fear, mm-hmm. fear of missing out on on deals like that and just looking at this deal here that the the Rays and Padres were able to put together so in order to get Blake Snell didn't cost the Padres a ton they gave up a number of bodies but in terms of their top 100 prospect uh, ratings not not much so here's what the Rays received for Blake Snell uh, right-handed pitcher Luis Patino, who I believe is uh, the number seventh-ranked Padre in the in the Padres top 100. Cole Wilcox, Francisco Mejia, a catcher, and another catcher, Blake Hunt. So you know these are they gave up two top ten of their own prospects in, in the Padres organization. But as far as top 100 guys, the the Padres only gave up one top 100 guy in that trade, and that was Patino. Uh, meanwhile, you know, we're looking at this. We look at everything from a White Sox perspective, and this is obviously a deal that we talked about the White Sox making. And the Padres, you know, hats off to them. They were aggressive and they made it happen. And now they didn't sulk on the loss of 
Mike Clevenger with Tommy John surgery. They knew they had to fill that gap, so they they filled it rather nicely with Blake Snell. And now you're hearing about they're going to go after you, Darvish. The trade could be completed by the time we're done recording here tonight. But you know, you look at the White Sox top 100, and obviously we talked about Andrew Vaughn is uh, their highest ranking prospect in the top 100. I believe he's number 13 according to MLB.com. You've got Michael Kopech, I believe, is number 18 according to MLB.com, and they've got a few other guys, Nick Madrigal's in there, Garrett Crochet at the bottom of the top 100 as well. But basically, you, you look at this deal, and my gut reaction you know, was, oh, the Sox don't have the, the, the firepower in their prospect list to, to make a deal like this happen. But that was not the case. This was a deal that the White Sox could have made. Herb, what was your first uh, reaction when you saw this trade go down, and did you immediately look at it in a White Sox lens like I did? A hundred percent. I think we did that episode earlier in the uh, winter where we're talking about what will it take for the White Sox to acquire Blake Snell. And I think our package was centered around Kopech and or Nick Magical, which both blow the doors out of the two guys or the four guys that the Padres sent to Tampa. They have a history. They traded last year. Tommy Pham and others going going from Tampa Bay to San Diego while Manny Margot and Hunter Renfro go to Tampa. So maybe the relationship there was the thing, but I don't see anything mind-blowingly great. Patino, good, really good. And Francisco Mejia used to be a top prospect for the Cleveland Indians, and he's fallen out of favor after he got traded to the uh, uh, San Diego Padres, and they really didn't like how he was approaching his at-bats there. And so there was nothing really shocking there. Nothing really like, okay, they gave up Mackenzie Orr. Oh, my God, they gave up C.J. Abrams. These people are real. And to give to get uh, Blake Snell, they had to get those people. No, it seemed like the White Sox would have been competitive if they would have at least tried somebody. Major League-ready guys like Madrigal, who's already in the league, or uh, I know we're just prospect-hugging here. It feels like it, like – it feels so bad that the Padres, you know, you talked about it. They're dealing for you, Darvish. They got Blake Snell. They already had a new, nice representative rotation before they are requiring these two guys. Now they're going to have one of the top rotations in baseball. We like our rotation with our top three. It's good. Lance Lynn, Giolito, and you have Keiko. Good. But when you're going to be throwing you, Darvish, you're going to be throwing Snell. You're going to be throwing to Nelson Lamette. And a guy who was thought of to be a top pitcher last year has fallen on favor in the 2020 season. But Chris Paddock, if they don't go in the trade, which I'm looking at these people who are are rumored to go back to the Cubs, and like they didn't give up really anything because I don't hear Chris Paddock's name in there. I hear Zach Davies' name in there, which is like uh, Kyle Hendricks Jr. is fine, but not great. So, yeah, I'm very envious of the Padres. They're doing things. AJ Preller, uh, they they got rid of that dead weight of Ron Fowler. That's what, Danny, that <laughs> dick who t- talks shit about the White Sox. Hang, hang on, I, I got him here. I got him right here. Here goes. Here comes Ron. Let's bring him out. It's a lot more fun than being a White Sox fan. Get him out. Get him the hell out. <laughs> yeah. So he left, and Peter Seidler, the other managing partner, said, "Fuck it. We're going for it. The door is here. We're gonna kick it. We're gonna kick through that door. We're not just gonna finesse it." They have a deeper farm system than us, 100%. And they're probably on the same trajectory as the White Sox. And so it feels really bad that you see that team with a much better team in their division. 
than any team in our division with the reigning champion Dodgers there. And they're saying, we're not going to lay back and just let the Dodgers be the Dodgers and say, okay, we get to the playoffs, we get to the playoffs. No, we're going to go and get this AL, NL West. And we're, then after that, we're going to go and try to get this World Series. That's what these moves look like for A.J. Preller and the boys. And it feels so bad that the White Sox are not doing the same. I love the Lance Lynn move. Keep on going. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I'll tell you why ultimately I don't like this move in, in terms of how, if you're a White Sox fan, how you can't like it, I don't think. But I, I will say this, you know, last offseason, I was plenty upset uh, when the when the winter meetings came and went. And, you know, the only thing you had to show for it was Nomar Mazzara. And I thought, here we go. Same old White Sox again. But then they go out and they acquire Dallas Keuchel. And that that bought me uh, a lot of good faith with the White Sox, and it, and it sort of you know reaffirmed my philosophy uh, of don't judge the the organization until the guys are breaking for spring training. And that it's it's very possible you know the Sox still have a few holes to fill. They still haven't found out what they're going to do at closer. Their their timidness and that market sort of scares me because now you're seeing the Mets are are in on Liam Hendricks again and. You know, it's, just, it's frustrating, but I, I hate to judge this thing until you see what it's going to look like uh, when when they break for spring training. They could they could very well add. They could. St- you're not hearing anything about the White Sox and Trevor Bauer unless it's Trevor Bauer, who was on social media talking about White Sox fans, and he had images of him wearing a White Sox hat. And so we don't know. They could be in on Trevor Bauer just quietly, stealthily, uh, and paying for Trevor Bauer as opposed to parting with prospects for uh, Blake Snell, which I would be cool with. Um, but then I look at this deal, just you know, just looking at the prospects involved, and you know, when you talk about when you're in your World Series window, Herb, you know, you have to do everything you can. That you're in the window now. This isn't you know when we we're looking at the team going into 2020. Oh, hopefully they can compete and and tread above water and and maybe you know vie for a wild card spot. You know, before COVID and everything happened, that's how we looked at the team. But we knew they could compete, and we knew they were right around where they should be in terms of their rebuild. But now. Your team has performed very well in 2020. You've made a couple of significant additions here already early on in the offseason. And now you are officially in your World Series window. Now, there's a couple ways to look at this. One is be aggressive as you can be every year that your window is open because you know you don't know how long it's going to be open. And you could get an injury. We talked about this last episode, I think. Uh, and, you know, you get an injury to your pitching staff, and all of a sudden you're no longer dealing from a position of strength, and maybe you wish you would have done more. So I, I tend to look at this as a situation where the Sox are not acting accordingly. Like the Padres are acting accordingly. The Mets acting accordingly, and their, their window isn't even really open yet, the Mets. And – the, the Padres window certainly is, and they're just they're being aggressive and they're doing everything they can do to not leave anything to chance. Because he, although they may not have everything that it takes to keep up with the Dodgers, the defending world champion, you know, but they're but they're building a roster that is going to be competitive with them all year long, and they're going to make sure that they have a, a playoff spot waiting for them. And I, I you know, you're already starting to see a lot of uh, people come out and say, Oh, well the Sox, you know, they can win their division. And you know, the, the division's coming back down to them and that the twins have gotten weaker and with the expanded wild card, Oh, you know, they, they, they've got a better chance to get in there. So why be super aggressive and, and deal away prospects. And to me, that's just not the way to do business, man, because one or two injuries and you're sunk and you're, you're sitting there wondering, 
how you you know maybe you should have done more in that offseason and the Padres are doing more right now and the White Sox certainly are not I'm going to save all final judgments until this team breaks for spring training but it's just it's frustrating as hell man knowing that the White Sox could have put together a very intriguing package for Blake Smith Blake Snell and maybe Blake Snell's not the guy they want maybe they want someone else maybe they want you Darvish but now you Darvish is off the table it looks like you know so now your only option to really solidify that rotation is Trevor Bauer and you're only paying dollars for that so you know I'm, I'm on board with that you don't cost actual bodies but it's it, it's frustrating looking at this thing because I, I think they're they're taking their talent for for granted and they're not accounting into some guys maybe regressing a little bit and let's not forget this is the Lucas Giolito window like we're gonna get mm-hmm. to that in the mailbag in a second but he's like one of the only guys that they have not taken care of long term so you're really only going to be competitive when your best pitcher is on his team friendly deal and I'm sure they've had talks to to extend him a little bit and extend that window but right now your window is not as wide open as you think it is because of the Lance Lynn deal and uh, someone asked us about his contract possible extension and we'll get to that in a second but I just I look at this and I, I feel like the White Sox are sitting on their hands and they know they're in a weak division and they're acting like a team in a weak division which is poorly. Yeah, and like you said, it's just I want the White Sox to realize that what we've said, you can win next year's championship only during this offseason and only during next year. I know Rick's thing of winning multiple championships. He puts that out there. Cool, fine, but let's win the first one. Can't win two without one. So the door is open. Teams are regressing, using COVID-19 as an excuse to not spend. And I know you have a tough cookie to crack over there with Jared Reinsdorf, but your voice has to be loud and very, very affirmative to saying, we need to strike now. If we don't strike now, then we might miss our window to do some damage. The Padres... If we're trying to win championships, the Padres have put themselves over the White Sox to win that championship currently. We need to compete with them. I know they're not in our division. I know they're in the NL. We need to be looking at past Minnesota, past the Indians, past Kansas City and the Tigers. We're looking at the top teams in baseball, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Padres now, the, the Braves, those type of teams. That's what we're battling with. And so while everybody is trying to zig and say, man, our payroll needs to be down because we lost this many much money and biblical losses and all that shit, take one year. And if you lost money, Jaron Reiser, man, sucks. You need to dig in your pocket this year and find a way. Trevor Bauer's still out there, just out there. I don't even hear anything about White Sox even being the mix. Maybe that's a good thing because – they work best when they're stealth, but we need to do something better. This Lance Lynn move is not enough. It's good, but it needs to continue. It's a continuation move. Let's get the next. Let's get a bat. Let's get another starting pitcher. Let's make our team fortified for the top four of those starting rotation being unquestioned. Let's do that. No time for the mailbag in this episode, but we will do Socks in the City after a quick timeout and a word from our sponsors. This episode of Locked on White Socks is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. 
You guys ready for some football? Well, college football heads into bowl season, and there's some big matchups this weekend, the final regular season weekend of the NFL calendar year. Uh, playoff picture is becoming a lot more clearer, and uh, local team here in the mix. We'll get to that in a second, but there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus uh, i mentioned last week herb that uh bears at jacksonville um mm-hmm. you know, I, I believe the uh, the over under there was uh was 46 and a half i think and i, I told our listeners here I'm, I'm taking the under in that one uh but i'm taking the, I'm, <laughs> but i'm taking the bears to cover i believe they were at seven and a half uh they did cover but uh did not hit that that uh that over under bet uh, as uh, as well as i should have uh but you know of course uh, Matt Nagy's offense coming through and uh, making a loser out of me, but I did hedge a little bit. Then I had the Bears uh, covering the spread there, and as they did, uh, are you looking at anything this coming weekend still, or did you make any plays this past weekend? Yeah, I mean, of course, this weekend we have the national championship semifinals going on, and that's Clemson versus Ohio State. I'm gonna stay away from that because I don't know either team. They haven't played a lot of games. I mean, especially with Trevor Lawrence missing those couple games in the middle. I don't know what Clemson team is going to show up, but you know what I'm going to do as a hater of Notre Dame for a long time. I've been waiting for a team to put it on them. And we saw that a couple of years ago when they had Florida State put it on them. And I think in the national championship um, this week, they go against a little team called Alabama. Have you heard of them? No, no. OK, <laughs> small They're school in the, the South. Tide. <laughs> OK. Um, they're favored by 19 and a half. These lines are by betonline.ag. 19 and a half points. I'm laying those 19 and a half points and putting my money on Alabama. It's going to be an ass whooping <laughs> of grand proportions. I don't know if betonline.ag wants me to learn, but get on this, folks. I usually am not a very uh, bombastic guy about betting, but when I'm bombastic about you need to bet this, you need to bet this. Alabama's going to dog Notre Dame. I'm sorry we got Notre Dame fans out there. No, but hey, I'm a Notre Dame fan, a very casual. Um, I, my my self Irish hatred and my self fighting Irish hatred. I tend to I tend to believe you there, and you know I, I I'm kind of rooting for it because it's uh you need you know normalcy here in 2020, and uh, Notre Dame getting rolled big time in a game like that that would certainly make me feel uh, comfortable and familiar. Uh, don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you to our friends at betonline.ag. And we're also brought to you today by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And now the improved Built Bar is somehow even delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non nut varieties. If you've got allergies, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, apple almond crisp, carrot cake. And, of course, lemon almond cheesecake. But don't worry. They've got the 12 original flavors that you love so well. Banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, orange, just to name a few. Built Bars are delicious because they are always covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and so easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious guy or gal on the go. And if you're trying to lose or maintain weight, uh, they're a delicious treat. If you're making those New Year's resolutions here built bar get yourself a case or two of those and and have those at the ready you know you can make better choices here in the new year Uh, they're low calorie low sugar high protein and high fiber and great 
for the keto diet. And right now, you can get yourself a free cooler with purchase, but you got to head over to BuiltBar.com right now. And while supplies last, you use our promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, we're back here, and betting on sports does not have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, you get the daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. All right, Herbie, we're a little tight on time here. We'll save the, the mail for tomorrow, but we still have time to knock out a little bit of socks in the city. You down to do that? Let's go. Jimmy Dugan? Yeah. Can you sound my baseball? Sure. There. Wow. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Wow. That's good advice. All right. It's Socks in the City. It's your autograph encounters with former White Sox players uh, in odd circumstances. Maybe uh, Lyle Mouton spit in your face. Uh, maybe Brian Dawback <laughs> had sex with your wife. I don't know. These are just these are freak encounters. Uh, by our Southside faithful with White Sox players. And this one comes in from our guy, our guy Mark in Evansville, Indiana. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, Mark begins with this. He says, I have a Sox in the City story for you. This was back in 1999 when the Sox hosted Kids Days on Sunday where you'd get autographs before the game with players lined up around the concourse. Then you can run the bases after the game. Great promotion. I was 10 at the time, and my brother was 3. My favorite player at the time was... Maglio Ordonez, OEO Maglio, yeah. Uh, but his autograph line was from the dugout all the way up to the lower level seats going back into the concourse. My dad gave a quick note to that line and pointed out that the next row over had literally no one waiting and we should go there. He asked the attendant who was signing and we were promptly told that we could get autographs from Greg Norton, Brian Little, who was the first base coach at the time, and some new guy at the time whose name was Paul Konerko. I went through and got my hat signed by all three. My brother refused to let Polly touch his hat and didn't get any autographs. The hat is now on display in my basement, and I still laugh at my brother who refused an autograph from a now White Sox legend. Uh, thanks for all the laughs and the best Sox talk around. My wife yells at me every time I quote Blake Snell's, If I get the Rona. If I get the Rona. Happy holidays. That's Mark from Evansville. Ooh, that, that one hurts a little bit uh, if you're his uh, kid brother, not, not letting PK sign your hat. What, what a disgusting must- act. Like every single time he goes to the ballpark or just turns the White Sox game, he's like, "God damn, fucked up." Sees Paul's fourteen up on the statue, up on the fucking yeah, the statue <laughs> up on the Ring of Fame. He's like, "God damn, what was I thinking?" I mean, I don't think Paul was like a like some also ran. I know when we traded Mike Cameron, I was pissed. I was like, "Yeah, we traded Mike Cameron," and then I was like, "Okay, this Paul Canerco, he was supposed to be some big time prospect. Didn't work out with the Dodgers." If the Dodgers traded him, he must suck. And then they, he went to the Reds, and he was not great. And so if we're trading Mike Cameron, they must really like this guy. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get in the Paul Canerco uh, bandwagon. And it was awesome. I couldn't imagine not wanting that guy to sign your hat, even if he wasn't going to be the Paul Canerco he turned out to be. I mean, what's it? I mean Brian Little, yeah. Get off my hat, Brian. (laughs) Calm down. But Paul Canerco, yeah, there's no harm in that. Get off my hat. Every time he sees, like, Paul Canerco World Series highlight videos, he gets that little feeling in his stomach. Uh, You know, but then again, these autographs aren't worth much anyway, but uh, the stories are really what what you value most. He's over there fucking letting Greg Norton touch his hat and (laughs) ruin his hat. He's like, ugh, get out of here, hockey boy. 
it's funny, you know, I remember that trade when it happened. I was only 16 at the time or so, so I wasn't, you know, back then, you know, prospect stuff, you know, it's not really something you could read up on like you can now. Like there wasn't a, that big of a market for it, so you didn't really know. But I knew that Mike Cameron was a great all-around baseball player. I, how, would, how We would hate this move today, wouldn't we? Still, oh. if you had to make that move again. Oh. like I don't know Slow-footed what the, footed first baseman who's fizzled out of two places instead of the guy you drafted, athletic, bat, speed, power, almost five tools. Yeah, we would have fucking hand the fuck out of that trade. <laughs> so. and, and I think about it, too, in the context of 97, we had just did the white flag trade. We got a bunch of youngsters on the team. It's like, ah, oh, man, that would have been perfect to have Mike Cameron on this team with a bunch of youngsters. I know he already was, but, man, wouldn't it be so good to have that? But anyway, it turned out right for both teams. I got to see Mike Cameron hit four home runs at US Cellular Field. I didn't think that was going to happen, but he did. Him and Brett Boone went back-to-back consecutive at-bats, and then Mike Cameron just kept on hitting home runs. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for us tonight on this uh usually is a mailbag monday but i felt like a lot of people are out there talking about this blake snell trade and it was, it was certainly top of mind for me and we'll get to your emails tomorrow and talk to us tuesday and wednesday's our final show of the year and maybe we'll uh fill it out you know get to some email spillage uh, some spillover emails on wednesday but i think on wednesday we're going to talk about the year that was for the white Sox and the year that was for us on this podcast and we certainly want to give out a lot of thank yous in that episode and and, and wrap up the year on a high note but uh, that's all i got tonight herbie all right that is chris Tannehill. follow him at chris Tannehill on twitter me herb lawrence ecknewall 23 and the show is at locked on socks and if you want to participate in one of our mailbag monday or talk to us tuesday episodes uh locked on socks at gmail.com is the way you send us an email locked on socks at gmail.com it doesn't need to be about the white Sox or baseball in general it can be about anything we read them all not all of them make these shows so for chris Tannehill, i'm herb lawrence thank you for joining us on this supposed to be mailback monday edition but we got into some other stuff of Locked on Socks.